0: Good morning, church.
1: Good morning.
0: Thank you for joining us this morning as we come together and worship God through singing songs to Him and studying His Word. Please stand with me if you are able as we come together and sing. I come to your awesome presence from the shadows into your radiance by the blood I may enter your brightness search me try me consume all my darkness shine on me shine send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. As we gaze on your kingly brightness, so our faces display your likeness. Ever changing from glory to glory, mirrored here may our lives tell your story. Shine on me, shine on me, shine Jesus, shine, fill this land with the fire. Laugh at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and loving instruction
1: is on her tongue.
0: She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle.
1: Her sons rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her.
0: Many women are capable, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her and the city gates.
1: And with that, happy Mother's Day. Okay? So what a wonderful day. Uh, You know, we celebrate Mother's Day. We all, all of you, raise your hand if you have a mother or had a mother, right? Okay? You don't get into this world without a mother. And we celebrate our mother, whether she's with us or away from us or our past. Um, She had left an indelible mark on you and and cared for you and and just a wonderful thing. So if your mother's alive and she's not here, you make sure that you let her know Happy Mother's Day, okay? Call her on the phone, but not now, okay? (laughs) Okay, but do that later. So with that, I want to say this. Normally on on Mother's Day, or it had been in the past, on Mother's Day that we would take a Mother's Day offering for Carmide Children's Home, and Baptist Children's Home and Family Services, because it encompasses the pregnancy center, it encompasses the um, the, the pathways counseling, and, and I'm missing something else. Okay, that they have, they, they do a pregnancy resource center now. They, they added that on there, so they have all of those things. Now. In the past, we used, they, sent us, they, they sent us pretty pink envelopes that you would put your Mother's Day offering in and then we would collect it together and it would go down to Carmi. They don't send the envelopes anymore, okay? So, and there, there's, a, there, there's an explanation about it and so I'm fine with that, but I'm telling you that to tell you that if you would like to give it, I'd encourage you to do that. If you give five, 10, 15, whatever you can give, if you put it in one of our envelopes and mark Karmai on it, our Children's or Mother's Day offering, it'll get there. If you go online, if you're one of the people that goes online, there's a way to designate it to that. Nick set that up so that you can do that just so that you know, so that somebody doesn't ask me, why don't we take the offering? That's why we didn't do the offering the normal way with the pink envelopes. So just to let you know that we have that, and encourage you to do that because Baptist Children's Home and Family Services has done a great work and continues to do a great work. And I will say this, as you're thinking about the Mother's Day offering and you want to pray, I want you to pray for the Baptist Children's Home down in Carmine because the guy who was there, Denny Heydrick, moved on to Alabama. That means the guy that was previously there came out of retirement and he's given up his fishing days to help run things. And, I, and I'm at a loss of his name right now. I, and I talked to him on the phone. Who? Doug DeBoer. There we go. Okay, Doug. Don't tell him I forgot his name. This isn't taped, is it? This isn't going. But anyway, so pray for Doug as he takes care of things in the interim and pray for them as they search for a, a new leader down there, a new director. With that being said, as we did last week, I want you to know that prayer is important. So if you have a prayer request, I'm not going to ask for it right now, but if you'll write it on a piece of paper, the deacons will be at the door. There's an offering plate there that you can you can put an offering in there, but you can put your what we put it there for is that you could put your prayer request in there. And so add that. And today there's some on this side, there's some in the back, and then there's some right by the door on the wall. There are printed prayer request sheets from whatever came through Sunday school. Know that that will be added and added to today as you add things in the offering plates. And then that will be sent out back in email. But for those that want a paper copy of what we have today, then you can grab one of those on the way out. So that brings me to what I want to do now. Maybe the most important thing that we do while we're here. I mean, we sing, we read God's word. But one of the most important things that we do, and I don't want to neglect, is that we pray. I ask you, have you read? And you would say, you've done that, right? <laughs> okay. I want you to read scripture, but reading scripture ought to lead you to pray, okay, on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, right, as you, as you fellowship with God and as you make decisions in your life that you seek him out. So I want to pray today. And uh, and I ask that you join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have. Lord, we we know that there are requests on our hearts, Lord, things that we want to pray for. Father, that have been listed, some not listed, some yet to be listed. And Father, we, we pray, Lord, that you would act in a way that we would see your hand at work in and around us. And Father, that others would see your hand at work. And Father, that we might be able to point that out. And pointing that out, we might point them to you. And Father, it's our greatest prayer, Lord, for those who we know who do not know you as Lord and Savior. Father, if there's someone here today that does not know you as Lord and Savior, we pray that today would be the day that they rejoice in a new birth, Lord, as they come and seek you as Lord and Savior. But Father, we pray for those, we pray for the opportunity to share the gospel, Lord, however fumbled it might be. Father, we pray for that opportunity that we might get to to lead somebody to you. Father, to know them as a brother and sister that will be with us for eternity. Father, as we come to you and sing, Lord, let our heart hear hear our voices. Father, know our hearts and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name.
0: Please join us and stand, if you are able, as we continue to sing. The strength will rise Drink. as we wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord, we will wait upon the Lord strength arises we wait upon the lord we will wait upon the lord we will wait upon, the lord. We will wait upon oh the lord. our god you reign for him. defender of the weak. You comfort those in need. You lift us up The grace of God has reached for me And pulled me from the raging sea And I am safe on the solid ground The Lord is my salvation I will not fear when darkness falls strength will help me scale these walls. I'll see the dawn of the rising sun. The Lord is my salvation. Who is my salvation my hope is hidden in the lord he flowers each promise of his word when winter fades i know spring will come the lord is my salvation In times of waiting, times of need. When I know loss, when I am weak, I know His grace will renew these days. The Lord is my salvation. Ooh. will not leave me in the grave but i will rise he will call me whole the lord is my salvation my debt is paid, and the victory won, the Lord is my salvation, who salvation the Lord is our salvation the Lord is our salvation
1: So we're in Acts chapter 2. We're talking about the advance of the gospel. As a matter of fact, we're going to be just a heads up. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2 two more Sundays after this. Okay, So you, you can kind of study that. We're going to camp out here for a little while because I think what we see in Acts chapter 2 is, is important. It's, the, it's what we might call the birthday of the church as we know it. The birthday of the early church is one of the things it gets tagged with. So You know, you have things that stick with you and you remember them. So you guys have all been to Springfield, Illinois, right? You've already been down by the Capitol on Lawrence Street, I believe it is. It is what they call the Dana House. It's a Frank Lloyd Wright house. I, I probably mentioned it before. I was, in, I was in drafting school, architectural... I was in the architectural program down in Rankin when they opened the building up because it was a printing press for a while. It was a printing facility for a while and they had stuff in there... But it was purchased back, they restored it, they were in the process of restoring it back when we got to go see it, and I've not been in the house since then, that was probably 1982, and some of you were not even that old. All right. So, so in there, uh, we, we got to take a tour, we, we took a, I think we took a bus down from Rankin up to Springfield to take a tour of the place. The couple things that I remember was the orchestra pit above the dining room. But here's the thing that I want to talk about this morning. When you walked in through that arch door, you can see it from the street, there's this arched doorway, beautiful entryway, not, not typical entryway, but it's the Frank Lloyd Wright kind of entryway. So you walk in, and when you walk in, you walk into a, a foyer. And it's a pretty good-sized foyer, but what, what stuck out, and I remember the guide told this about it, that there was... A set of st- the, the balcony was up here, and then the stairs went all the way around the walls and came down over here. And so well, that's kind of cool. But here's why it stuck with me. Because Susan Dana entertained this is what the house was for. That's why it had an orchestra pit in the, di- in the dining room, right? Um, way before Bose stereos. So here was here was the setup. When people came over to dine, they assembled in this room. Susan Dana wasn't at the bottom of the stairs greeting them as they came into the door. That was somebody else's job. And once the guests were assembled in the foyer, she would walk down around the staircase in her new evening gown. Okay, it was the grand entry that I remember about that. The idea that, that she, she had, the building was built specifically, that staircase was built specifically for that purpose so that she could make the parade route down and everybody could see her new outfit. And so that was kind of significant to me, that, that grand opening kind of thing. We're familiar with that. I, I, I've shared the story my Daniel, years ago, when he was, he was still in high school, we, we ended up here years ago as, i got to be your pastor. And, and it was baseball season. I'm thinking, well, baseball players get walk-up music. Why doesn't a pastor get walk-up music? You know, why don't I on my entry get walk-up music? My son quenched that idea quickly, okay? And so just so you know that he saved you for that. I say that to say this, when we open up Acts chapter 2 and the verses that we're going to read this morning, it is the grand entry of the Holy Spirit as we know it, okay? The Holy Spirit's been around, it just didn't happen on this day of Pentecost, but but it is a grand entry. We get to see what God does as the Holy Spirit comes down upon His disciples and what happens after. So in this, I love this, this, this question, Because this is the question we want somebody to ask us, right? When everything goes on, as we're going to read through the text, this question comes, what does this mean? What does this mean? And this is kind of why it's a three-part message as we walk through the book of Acts, because I want to talk about what happens to bring about this question. And next week, it's Peter saying, I'm glad you asked, right? You've done that, right? When you've asked that somebody said to you, I'm glad you asked, because that opens the door, right? When we're talking to somebody, we want you're praying for somebody to get saved. You want to be able to ask this you want them to ask this you this kind of question. What does this mean? What you want is them to open up the door. And that's exactly what the crowd does. As we read through this, they open up the door for what comes next, but we want to answer that question also, what does this mean? So as we're walking through the book of Acts, two questions that I said we were going to ask as we walk through this, what was God doing and what were they doing? What was God doing and what were they doing? We want to know that because we don't want his history lesson, we don't want to say, wow. You know, like, this is not like the opening of a Marvel movie and we just walk away and say, wow, we want it to have an impact on our lives as we read through Scripture. We're going to read Scripture that you've read already before. You know, many of you already know this story. But I want us to intersect with it again in a new and fresh way. It's not that you're going to learn anything new, but I want, to, I want us to re-engage that and to see what God was doing then And to know that God, that God that was working on the day of Pentecost, is still the God that we serve today. He hasn't lost his touch. He hasn't gotten so old that he can't do what he used to do. This isn't all he can do. You read in the book of Revelation, this is a drop in the hat to what he's going to do. So understand that God has not finished working and we need to see God at work in our lives. So let's pick it up here in the first verse. We're going to read the first 13 verses out of Acts chapter 2. I'll be reading along in the New American Standard. You can follow in your Bibles. You can follow along on the screen. You can follow along in the Bible app. And uh, let's read this. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. That's where we left them. They were in the upper room. They were all together in one place. And suddenly... There came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Now now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. They were amazed and astonished, saying, Why are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them in our own language to which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Pygra and Pamphylia, Egypt and the districts districts of Libya, of Libya around Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them in our own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God. Stop for, their, for just a second. All those nations that I mentioned are the background map. This is the background map, and if you, can, if you can see it, you'll see that little dot down there that's Jerusalem. But all the worlds come together in Jerusalem, and this is, the, this is where these people are going to go back to. Okay, verse 12. And they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others were mocking and saying, they are full of sweet wine. Let's talk about this, this event. It is the day of Pentecost. Okay? It is the day of Pentecost when this happens. It's an important day. It is 50 days after the Passover when this occurs. So there, there were three, it's called the Feast of Weeks also, it celebrates the first fruit, fruits of harvest. That's, that's what they're celebrating at the, the Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. It is one of, three, one of three festivals the Jews celebrated that required them to return to Jerusalem to partake of it correctly. That's why you have all these, the Jews are all over the place. That's where they're, they're, they're spread out. But on this day of Pentecost, during this festival, they are all gathered back. The other ones are the Feast of unleavened Bread, which is Passover, and then the Pentecost, and then the booths comes later. Let's think about this for a moment. Because God knew what he was doing. God knew what he was going to do when he instituted these feasts. God just says, oh, you know, that would be a good time to send Jesus back. That would be a good time to send the Holy Spirit. Before those festivals were invented or inaugurated, God already had it out in the plan. Uh, We need to understand that. I don't think we quite comprehend that. But God had a plan. For 40 days, the Passover was what? It was 50 days ago. The Passover, what happened on the Passover during the Passover week, that was the week that Jesus gave His life and hung on the cross. They observed the Passover meal and then He was arrested. Put on trial and then crucified. So that's what's going on. For 40 days, if we read earlier back, if we remember reading back in Acts chapter 1, it was for 40 days after His resurrection that He appeared. So for 10 days... The disciples were gathered in the upper room, and as far as we know, they just chose Mattathias for their their other apostle to replace Judas. That's all that we know. That's all that Luke records. So we don't know what else they did, but that's what they did. And they were there in the room, and then this happens. This happens. So understand that when God works something out, He's laid out the plan a long time ago. You need to understand that. They were filled with the Spirit. On this day of Pentecost, this is why it's significant to you and I, is because on that day, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is what happens. And this is the first part part of Acts chapter 2 that we're going to talk about because this is the inauguration of the church. It is, Jesus told them to go and wait, and what would happen? They would be filled with the Spirit. Did they know what that meant? You know, I'm going to guess they speculated, but I don't think they really understood it. And so, lo and behold, on this day of Pentecost, as they're in the upper room doing whatever they were doing, praying is what we know they were doing, they were in one accord, and all of a sudden, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Wind and fire happens, the sound of wind and fire. So we don't understand this very well, and I'll be honest with you, I'm not very good at Greek. I'm good at what they tell me is Greek. The rest of it is just Greek to me. So, the word for wind and spirit are almost identical. But you're going not, you're not to understand the significance of this, but the wind, the sound of wind came. God was doing something. And then it was the, the tongues that appeared like fire, and it rested on them. There's a question about this: how, what, what this meant. What was going on there? We don't know that anybody else could see them. We don't know if this was exclusive to the disciples or if everybody got to see that. They may not have been present when that happened. They did hear the wind. And what happens is when the Holy Spirit then fills them, they begin to speak with other tongues. They begin to speak with other tongues. And I want you to understand this. I want you to catch this. It's in the notes in the Bible app that when we think of fire it is often associated with God's holiness and God's presence. Back in Ezekiel, back in Isaiah, we, we, Jeremiah, that, that idea of the fire and the, the idea that it purifies things, the idea of the holiness of God, the idea of the power of God. And we see that happen. Here, here on this moment, these disciples who don't know what they're going to do, all of a sudden, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. It is is tangible to them. The the rush of the wind, the the fiery tongues that land on them, it's visible to them. God does this. God does this on this day. There's no other recording of that happening later on. But on this day, when the church is birthed, this happens. God can do what He wants, right? And that's what God chose to do on that day to begin the work that would be, would be the disciples and the apostles' work and our work as it continues today. Now I want you to understand, when, when, because I had questions with this, and I wrestled with this for years ago, the idea, when you read in Acts chapter 2 and it says, began to speak with other tongues. In church, there is the, the idea that, that we would speak with tongues of angels or something like that, and, and it's usually unintelligible speech that you cannot, that needs somebody else to interpret what they said. It's not a language you can't go buy a, a Rosetta Stone book for it. Okay, it just, it just, you have to have, God speaks through somebody and then you have to have this. This is not that. Because what it tells us is this, and this is what I love about this, is that they spoke with other tongues. Meaning at one moment they're looking at the cover of the Rosetta Stone, at the other end they know what it's, it's inside of it. I mean they can speak they can speak different languages. I know when I'm listening to somebody speaking Spanish, but I can't tell you what they said. We I mean, really can't. Right? So so and I couldn't speak it at all. Like Uno is the only one I know, right? And it's a card game. So, so so you get, you know, so so here it is. But I want you to think about this because we're going to talk about this. What, what is God doing? I don't want to miss this point. When God does this, God speaks to every person in Jerusalem at a way that they can understand. You know, God wants us to understand his word. God wants to speak at our level so that we can understand it he has to dumb it down for me but he does because he wants me to understand his word and that's the significance and one of the miracles here on the day of pentecost is that people heard in their own language let's talk about that we each hear them in our own language is what was sad by those people. We each hear them in our own. They were astonished at that. They, they were amazed. These devout people gathered together, and all of a sudden they come from places and they they have their own language. And they speak, we were, we were on, we took a day or two, we took a couple of days off, and we were down in Branson, and we were walking through someplace, and I heard people speaking to one another, and it wasn't English. But they were having a grand time in their conversation. I couldn't understand a word, but they were speaking to one another. And so these people in Jerusalem, all of a sudden, they're hearing people speak in their own language. They they knew that these guys didn't know it. They commented. They were Galileans. How do they know our language? How How are they speaking our language as well as we do when they never knew it? I mean, get that. Because God is at work here. The crowd came together. And then I I, I was reading a little bit about this. And what do you do when you see an accident on the other side of the road when you're in St. Louis? You're on the interstate, you're driving, and you see a crash and a bunch of lights and everything on the other side of the road. What do you do? You slow down because. You don't want to impede the traffic trying to get to the accident, right? No. You want to see what's going on. And you do what they call the rubberneck, right? You, you drive really slow. And, then, and, and if it's on your side, you drive even slower. So that when you get to the accident scene, you can see everything, right? What happens here? We haven't changed a bit. They just didn't have cars because when they heard the sound when they heard the sound go ahead somebody drop something okay don't play along but if you if you were to if you were to drop something everybody would turn around and look to see that sound if your phone which you should have silenced but may not have silenced would go off right now everybody's going to turn and look at you and so, when the sound came, God did that on purpose. Because when the sound came, everybody went to check it out. It was like the screeching of brakes and the, and the crunch of metal and the break of glass because they wanted to check out what was going on. God had accomplished everything that He wanted because He, he, he empowered the disciples with the Holy Spirit and then He drew a crowd together Through his acts of bringing the Holy Spirit. That's powerful. When you you see that, the crowd crowd came together. They were amazed. I would be amazed too, right? You see, there you go. Somebody's sound's going off there. Okay, we're all looking around. Who's got that sound, right? And, And so, that's what's going on. They were amazed. They were perplexed. They were mocking also. And we'll read how Peter answers that next week. But here's the questions that I wanted to ask in the beginning. The first question was, what does, what, what does this mean? And that's going to open the door. But when I ask that question, what was God doing? Okay, What was God doing and what were they doing? Well, God was planting his church. God was giving birth to his church. He was sending the message and gospel of salvation to a world, to a world yet to be, to us on the day of Pentecost. That's exactly what God was doing. He assembled the crowd. He knew the time. Not only did He know the time, He planned the time. Just think about that. It's 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 a moment that only God could do. When Jesus came and began to perform the miracles, those were unique. They drew attention to God. So, when God sends the Holy Spirit, He's not sneaking in into the world. He wants you to know that He's at work. And so, we read in Acts chapter 2, all of this account, these first 13 verses, even before we get to what Peter does and then the response to that, we see by all means, this is God at work. There's no other explanation for it. God was at work here, God did something extraordinary out of the ordinary, powerful, and it changed the disciples' lives forever. It changed those that heard life forever, and it honestly flowed on down to us, and it's changed my life forever because God sent the promised Comforter, the promised Spirit, and He is in me, and He's in you, If you are a believer, what was God doing? What were they doing? All that we know is that they were praying and they were one of accord. I summed it up in this one word. They were ready for whatever God was going to do. They were ready for whatever God was going to do. Today, you're going to be asked a question. Hey, what do you want to do? And you're going to, you you know, sometimes we're not ready. I'm not ready to do that yet. But here's the key to what happens in Acts chapter 2. We find these 110 people assembled together in the upper room. The Holy Spirit comes. They were ready for whatever God would send their way. And they got to see God work in a mighty and fabulous way. Can you imagine months later, at the end of the long day, laying in bed and reflecting on the day of Pentecost? That had to bring a smiley face. To see what God was doing. That's powerful. So what are we going to do with that? What was God doing? What were, what were they doing? And the question is, what are we going to do? Here's the action steps that I want to present to you. Because again... This is a really cool story. You're trying to picture that in head. all these people gathered together and all of a sudden the wind's rushing, the sound of the wind's rushing and the the tongues are coming down, fiery, and all of a sudden everybody's speaking in all these languages. You're trying to envision what that looks like inside of your head. But I want to ask you the question, what are you going to do with it? It's a cool story. And I, I would, by all means, go tell somebody. Go tell somebody. But what is God bringing together? You see, God. It was just another Pentecost to them. But it wasn't just another Pentecost to, to God. He brought together the people for a purpose. What's God doing in your life? You know that—that's the key. It's easy for us to look into the Scripture and say, "This is what God's. This is what God was doing." But do you know that? And do I know that God is working in the life, in your life, in my life, in the life of our church, in the life of the church, here in America and around the world? What is God bringing together? Because God was about to do something, but God brought it together so that it could happen. What's God in the process of doing? Can you identify the Holy Spirit working in your life? That's not a yes or a no question. That's yes, and then you need to tell me what he's doing. You need to be able to identify the work that the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. We need to be cognizant that it's not just us, that it's the Holy Spirit working through us to bring glory and honor to Father, to bring others to him. And the last question I have are others asking questions? They ask that question what does this mean? Are others asking questions because of what is happening in your life? Are they asking that kind of question? What does it mean? What's going on here? Are they amazed at what God is doing in your life? How that happen? It happens when we share with people, when we give praise to God for what He's doing in our life instead of taking the credit or living our lives like it's just us on this journey. So that's what, that's we've got to be living that out. So those are the questions that I want you to think about this week. I want you to think about this morning. What is God bringing together? Can you identify the Holy Spirit working in your life? What's that look like? And can you share that with somebody? And the last question, Are others asking questions because of what is happening in your life. Are we hiding God, what God's doing from people so they don't ask? We want that out front and center so they can see what's going on. We're going to stand. I'm going to give you the opportunity for, to, to respond to what we've heard, what God has been doing. Here's the key. When I ask you that question, what is God, what, what God doing? What's the Holy Spirit doing? God may have been working through the Holy Spirit this week in your life to lead you to do something that I didn't even talk about this morning. We didn't sing a song about. Your Sunday school teacher didn't t- teach about. The radio preacher on the way here didn't t- teach about But God has been working in your life to move you to do something. And I want to give you that response. I don't know what it might be. You come and tell me. Because I want to know what God is doing in your life. You may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Today might be the day that you need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come and and if you have a question, we'll we'll answer that. If you, you can pray there to do that and you want to come, we want to rejoice with you. Because you're a new brother or sister in Christ. I want to give you that opportunity. You may want to join the church. You may want to do other... You may just want to pray for your one. I want to give you that invitation to do that this morning. Let's stand and sing. Father, as we read your word, I'm amazed every time I read that passage. And Father, I wonder what it was like to be there. Father, I, I, I pray, Lord, that you would be in our midst. Father, that you would work in a powerful way. Father, that we might see the results of people coming to know you as Lord and Savior. Father, we might draw closer to you that our faith would grow stronger. Father, we pray that as we go out these doors, Father, that our lives would be a light, that our lives would bring honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name, amen. So, a couple announcements. Wednesday night, we're having food, right? We're eating here. Okay, we're eating here. She doesn't have a sombrero this week, so I don't know what you're going to get. But we want you to show up on Wednesday night at 5.30, we'd like to know that you're coming so we have food, because I don't want to have to eat my food and look at you They have nothing, okay? So um, we make sure that you sign up. There's a sign-up sheet out by the office, or you can email us at the office, call us, do those kind of things. want to encourage you to do that. There are a couple books over here. There's some books over here, the um, Understanding the Bible in 30 Days. we got some more books. If you didn't go through that before, or you want to grab one and give to somebody, then grab that and do that. If we have interest, we'll start a class, but you can do it by yourself, and be aware that you can do that. And If you grab the book, I'd like to know so that I can check up on how your progress is doing, uh, because that's one of the things that you've got to go through. And the other thing that I want to throw out there, throw out two things, and you guys, I'll, I'll listen to your feedback here. One, maybe next Sunday night and the Sunday night following, for those that would be interested in knowing how to work the soundboard, are those who would be interested in knowing how the work the proclaim, which puts the slides up there. We're looking for the people that might help us do that. Right now we have two guys trained, and when they're not here, that means one guy has to bring a third arm. And so if you're, if you're interested in doing that, interested in helping them. I know that's not for everybody. You just want to throw that out there. And the other thing is we're thinking about going to the Christian ball game in July, so keep that in mind. All right. So take us off the air.